welcome. <laughs> the, Just like that. Yeah. To the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I am joined by two members of my firefighting family. We have Scott. Hey there. Sorry. And we have Todd. Hello. Some water. Yeah. <laughs> we are back. It is the new year. Um, we, we will apologize for our audio. We had a chance to... To get together there over Christmas, uh, did the best we could for uh, a quick episode, but uh, <laughs> mudroom yeah. audio. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of noise in the background. That was yeah, that was the best that we could do. So we will apologize. We are back in our uh, lu- luxurious our studio. studio here. Um, <laughs> it'll be a little better, I guess. <laughs> so we're gonna start off this week and have a little chat about the uh, fires down in Boulder area. Um, pretty damn devastating in a unseasonable time. Mm-hmm. Like, this it is, is weird. Weird, right? Great the fire triangle rain. doesn't make any sense. No. Because <laughs> the heat part of the fire triangle wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so what was it? They said, uh, well, in one community, it was 1,600 acres. Mm-hmm. Or hectares, sorry. 1,600 hectares. Yeah, I think they go by acres or yeah, acres. Yeah. Still pretty big. That's large. Big, yeah. Like big. Uh, yeah. Sorry, big for a winter wildfire. Well, it's just yeah. like you look at some of the pictures, and it's yeah. There's there's no vegetation. Uh, you know, it, it's all dead, dry grass. Uh, but then those winds. That's like there's a hundred mile an hour winds. Yeah. Pushing. It. Yeah, that's that's the crazy part, right? Yeah. So the I mean the fuel is still going to burn, but typically. It would wouldn't travel as fast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To preheat those fuels, whereas this that wind was just insane. So, whatever yeah. the source was, it, it got rocking mm-hmm. pretty quick. Yeah, because I mean, in the wildfire, one of the biggest driving factors is the wind, right? It's mm-hmm. not the um, like the typical fire triangle doesn't fit necessarily with a wildland fire. It's more the um, the weather, the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're right. The heat, humidity, the wind, or, humidity. Yeah. and this yeah. was—it sounded like the humidity was like lower than thirty, mm-hmm. which is prime for. That's what we look at when we're doing wildland. Um, yeah. When we're doing our crossover, mm-hmm. so it's below thirty. De- uh, thirty. De- it's below thirty percent. This is like twenty-three percent, I think, is what they said relative to humidity. Yeah, but then like I said the temperature was what was it zero? Yeah, I think it's forty degrees Fahrenheit, which is zero Celsius. Yeah. yeah, I think it's zero Celsius. Mm. So. Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of displaced residents. And... <clears throat> yeah, it was hard actually. The article it was hard to see how many actual areas were affected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if you spent longer to to search it, but you know, it was there was numerous homes, subdivisions, uh, a mall complex, a hotel. You know, like and some of the evacuations they're evacuating, you know, entire communities. Yeah. At yeah. a time, like there's one that was was there twenty thousand displaced in one community. Mm-hmm. Another one there was another twenty thousand or so that they're evacuating. Like, and this is this was real time. Like they said, they literally had minutes to evacuate yeah. people. Right. Yeah, the ember storms were looking pretty crazy when I was watching it. <clears throat> just like, just embers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which we know that's what makes most causes the most devastation in wildfire. It's not like it's not necessarily the flame front. It's uh, mm-hmm. so those embers. yeah, those embers getting out front. But I just think of the communication, like, you know, when you, like, we've had some one-off <coughs> grass fires, you know, at odd seasons of the, this time of year, yeah. and you get there, and sure enough, it's, like, our last one last year, I think it was January, February, and, yeah, somebody fell asleep uh, and a cigarette butt caused a little bit of grass fire, and it was like a 10 by 10, mm-hmm. like, hardly moving by the time we got there. You know, so you picture tones go off, oh, you got a bushfire, threatening a structure, okay, yeah, and you start rolling, <laughs> and then you get there, and oh shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then now you start calling uh, mutual aid, other like, departments, yeah. <laughs> yeah, multiple alarm calls, multiple well, communities. Well, the other problem with us is because our main person we call when we have a bushfire is forestry. Yeah, right. they're not on right now. Mm-hmm. And if they are on, there might be like two of them on. Yeah, right. Like somewhere, maybe I don't even know if there's any of them on. <laughs> for the entire district. Yeah, yeah like there'd be nobody position. on. Like they wouldn't have any gear ready. It would yep. all be packed away. Yeah. Um. So we'd be pretty much on our own, other than mutual aid. But even mutual aid, like, like we we left forestry lines on our truck, of course, because we're not going to take the lines off just because mm-hmm. it's winter. But mm-hmm. um, we're not really, we don't really have that mindset right now of oh, we're going to go fight a wildland fire. Like, Same thing of your air supports, right? Yeah. Typically, I mean, our assets, yeah. winds, 
even, but like our assets for, for air support, <coughs> normally we'd be getting something. Um, you know, but down there, that 100 mile an hour wind is going to definitely throw a wrench into things. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, you don't have them. No. Like, it's just going yeah, to be frozen over. You're and not gonna, you're gonna, you're not a bucket in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty challenging. Pretty pretty uh, devastating for the like, people affected, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, so I don't know uh, what what stage they're in there. Is it still active? No, it's not. Re- it's not like a that's day later. Right. Six inches of snow. Yeah, so now yeah. they have uh, all the snow all on top of it. So, so I'm not uh, sure if uh, we were talking about this. I don't know if Boulder, because it's, it's right in the Rockies, I think, mm-hmm. Boulder. Mm-hmm. So in Calgary, they have something called a Chinook. Yeah. Right. Um, and the Chinook's like a hot wind that blows down from the mountains because there's like a temperature inversion. They must have something in that area too. So it must be the same thing. They probably don't call it a Chinook because I think Chinook is a Canadian, Canadian well, term. Well, not Canadian <laughs> term, but an indigenous term. Um, so it, it, it blows down from the mountain because like it's a temperature inversion up on the top of the mountain. But I've been in Calgary before when it's like, you know, you're, it was minus 10 one day and the next day you're like, yeah. like 20 degrees right now. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Hot wind blew down from the mountains. Um, yeah. And then the next day, again, you get a bunch of snow. Back to regular. So now you have a bunch of houses that are compromised from mm-hmm. the fire. And then you put six People inches. displaced everywhere. Yeah, six yeah. inches of yeah. snow on top of that. Now the, now the structural structure's going to start collapsing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just, just picture the mindset of them, of the firefighters. Okay, now, how are you supposed to be? You just dealt with all this, this triaging and evacuations and tactical yeah. movements. And now, all of a sudden, with that weather change... Okay, you may be doing some structure attacks, but now cold temperatures again. Mm. Yeah, nozzles freezing. You're worrying about ice, everything else, water supplies. Like, yep. that's a there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> crazy. That's uh, what a way to ring in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely feeling for uh, everybody affected. There seemed pretty devastating to say the least. So hopefully, touch wood, we don't uh, have have any of those kind of weird one-off events up here but i mean it's been a crazy year up to now i mean not this year obviously <laughs> yeah this year has not been crazy so far. this has been pretty much normal i guess but uh yeah we had some weird weather patterns in 21 uh who knows what this year is going to bring so yeah we'll uh leave it at that and what, we have heat domes in the summer yeah what was the thing called the atmospheric rivers the atmospheric rivers and the heat domes. Those are definitely the uh, the phrases for 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy heat, crazy wildfires, and then all the rain and snow. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the heat dome. But... Yeah. Like you liked it? Like you enjoyed yeah, it? I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I, like, I like heat. <laughs> it was too hot. It was too much. It's pretty, it pretty warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If and I then the pool, fires like, didn't help. But... Yeah. I had a pool or lived like on the lake maybe but no <sighs> all right moving on so we came up with a um a bit of a topic tonight and uh we're going over what we can chat about um and every year people come up with their new their new year's resolutions and we thought we could throw a spin on that and talk about new year's training resolutions so that's going to mean what can we do better in training? Um, what is kind of our wish list for the year? What are we looking to plan for? Uh, and what are we going to do? So, what are we going to do, gents? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, you know, I think like and we talked about this in the past, and I think you know our department does it, and and you guys as well. Um, anytime we talk about training, we always try and train for. You know the months we're entering right for sure into these into these seasons um so of course right now it's grass a wildland season right now yeah yeah <laughs> so right now with us it's uh everything's frozen so we're uh we're getting ready for our ice rescue training um nothing was was quite frozen yet so we couldn't really take part of that training but next or this week i guess coming up we'll be doing some of our ice rescue training right we dipping in the water we we're out on the ice today actually my kids and i and and the whole majority of our lake is all frozen over. Yeah, so they're out skating around, and mm-hmm. I was sheepishly walking on it, and <laughs> checking it, but it's actually quite thick. Because it doesn't um, freeze over very often in your lake. Not very often, yeah. no. Sometimes you'll get the, like the the ponds and stuff will, but not sections of the lake. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're sitting at over three quarters of our lake is frozen now. Mm. It's quite large. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so with us, we we have basically one lake mm. that we really around here, and it's pretty small. Yes. But we haven't had an ice rescue there before. That's right. So last year, we sent <clears throat> three of our members to go get ice rescue trained mm. to kind of come back and just give us, like, an awareness. Um, they took level. a tenth yeah. level, I think. But uh, I just want them to teach our guys an awareness level. Because, I mean, water's kind of, water's water. Know, ice is slightly different, obviously, because you can go under it. Um, and obviously, obviously the, the, the temperature is a problem. Um, but it's, <clears throat> you know, we got flat water rescue. We got swift water rescue. You got ice rescue. Um, I mean, it's all, the, the kind of the factor in there is all the water. So um, we have our water rescue gear for our, because our main bread and butter is, is swift water for sure. Because yeah, yeah. we have a river that runs through mm-hmm. a rural area. And we get the odd swift water call. And that's one thing we train on is swift water. That's right. Um, don't, get, don't get a lot of swift water calls in the winter. I don't think we've, I don't remember the last time we ever had one. Um, our river doesn't really mm-hmm. freeze. Edges are probably frozen. I haven't really looked. Edges are frozen around the drop structures are frozen. Yeah. Which just makes yeah. those even more dangerous. Uh, I mean, everything right now, it's pretty shallow. Yes. Like, it's down mm-hmm. there. You can probably stand up in it. Yeah. I think most sections of the river you could probably walk across. Certain sections are going to be still still yeah. a little bit deep. but And then again, those drop structures are uh, would pose a bit of a challenge. But Right. Um, yeah, we don't get a lot of action for swift water in the wintertime. Generally around here, it's going to be tourists that are in our river. Our river, um, it's not, it's not a, like the city to the north of us, it's a tourist attraction where like they rent out tubes. Casual they, float. Yeah, it's a nice casual in float. Case of beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's back in the day it used to be sewage water yes (laughs) absolutely um where ours doesn't quite have that draw and it's also not quite as clean like it's it's a it's a river so there's there's tons of snags there's down trees there's all all sorts of shit in there so you take people that aren't aware of what our river looks like and what they're going to encounter and more times than not that's who we're getting you get your cheap canadian tire type tube yep. that uh, blows out on the first rock or the first branch yep. and now they're stranded on and we in our river there's a ton of like islands and such yep. um, or they could get stranded on the other side where there's no egress so that's yep. where uh, we generally come in yeah our um, soap water instructor at one point he's like because you know uh, rivers are classified obviously by um, like class one class two rabbits and stuff mm-hmm. He's like, you have like, you have like class two rapids, but he goes, then you have these drop structures, which are like fours, yeah, <laughs> fours and fives. Cause they're like crazy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and then you got like weird, like strainers, like mm-hmm. everywhere you got strainers. So he goes, it's like a easy, or it's like a, people look at it and go, oh, it's easy river to negotiate. But then he goes, and it's become super dangerous because people get super complacent. Yes. Whereas you look at like a, like a river, um, like out in Nelson. Mm-hmm. Where it's like actually a whitewater river, whitewater, people yeah. look at it and go, "I'm not going in that thing to go floating." No, it's, like, exactly. it's super like technical. Those are your kayakers. And yeah, everything people else. that know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas here, they're like, "Ah, oh, that looks pretty basic," but yep. then they don't realize, "Oh, you hit a tree, and now you stick to the tree, and you don't yeah. move from that because the river's yeah. not. You can't turn the river off. Yeah, <laughs> the river is relentless, right? It just keeps pushing you." And then you get slowly sucked under, or yeah, yeah. so in that strainer. Yeah, I mean, in some ways our river is very dangerous in that way. It's not dangerous because of the rapids; it's dangerous because of all the stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first time I took swift water training, I quickly realized, like, man, you know, like, how many times have I gone in this river, yeah. gotten drunk, and I've had my <laughs> kids with me? Like, <laughs> Jesus, parent of the year, right there. <laughs> like, uh, this river is sketchy as hell. Yeah. I'm on the liquor. <laughs> no, but seriously. Right? I remember like, when I was, like, young going down that thing, and I dr- almost drowned, like, two or three times. Like, mm-hmm. like legit under the pole under and, like, barely river. popped out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got a little scared. And, like, mm-hmm. right, next time I get a more bigger, a bigger floating. <laughs> <maybe. laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, like you said, like, it's a lot of parts are very complacent and easy. Yeah. But uh, if you don't paddle away to that other side of the river... Yeah. Now, now you're going to be hitting that strainer. Yeah. 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 But anyways, that's not really what... It's <laughs> back to ice rescue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, our, our our one lake here, it's it's, it's small, but um, we've had like people go out on it and mm-hmm. fall in. And um, 
So what we're going to do, yeah, we're going to have a, a really quick, um, just like an awareness. Um, because the other thing is our gear isn't quite ice rescue gear. Like we have dry suits, but we actually cut the feet out of our dry suits and put gaskets in our down by our legs to make it easier to swim in the river in those in the That's summer because right, you got the boots because yeah. we have the booties. But mm. in ice, it's not going to be good. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we have we have the ice commanders for our ice yeah. rescue, and yeah, they, and those wouldn't be good they, for swift water. They are definitely amazing for ice rescue, yeah. but there is no way in hell I would dip into anything else in that. Yeah, you're basically yeah, like yeah. a floating a flotation device for somebody. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like yeah, you just kind of fall a, in. It's a struggle. Like yeah. we always teach the guys when we don them on dry land is you know try and scrunch down as low as ground, yeah, and, get the know, air burp up, yeah. the air out of your neck seal, yeah, yeah. you know, and then if you can do that in the water too because you think you got it until yeah, you, always, you yeah. jump in that water yeah. now you're just this, <laughs> big, marshmallow this big marshmallow <laughs> you're fighting it for a minute yeah. and now you're trying to pull a patient up yeah. so yeah. it gets quite challenging mm-hmm. but yeah so i think our conservation will be on that that not necessarily shore based rescue but like near the edge of the ice like near the edges of break rescue so we got mm-hmm. the short ladder the vis ladder we use yeah. um you can break out the inflatable know, hose yeah inflatable hose um mm-hmm. and warren has some options some ideas yeah things different rope things and you only got throw bags of course yep um so i'm hoping no one has to actually go in the water right mm-hmm. yeah. i mean i might be able to go in the water because i have a dry suit like a dry suit with actual legs on it mm-hmm. but yeah. i don't really want to you know there's there's a lot of things like you know if you can think outside the box a little bit too for certain things um it's like again you know we have to kind of adapt and overcome certain situations like there is a lot of different um, training aids that you can make like you can use uh pool noodles with a rope mm-hmm. and being it right mm-hmm. to make a a, a horseshoe yeah. yeah you know you can use um you actually grab the the what do they call the collars it's uh, i can't remember the name of it but it's, it's kind of the same thing it's a horseshoe collar yeah um you know other people have attached a floating rope onto a spine board and yeah. use a spine board to dip in you know per, mm-hmm. you yeah. grab the person you come up behind them and you get hauled out by your rope team, and, and you pull up and you skid out. So there is there is other little options for things, um, you know. But it's like any when we talk about any water rescue, it's as soon as we make contact with that patient, we can't lose contact. We have yeah. to have to stay attached to them, yeah. and that's why what we've been doing, like we've we've stepped up our ice rescue stuff now because you know a lot of the time we have to go way out of the ice. Yeah. So now depending on your team, like we actually have Ike. Uh, ice anchors that we can uh, drill into the into yep. the ice surface to, yep. to throw out a little um, pulley system if we need to, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then we purchased a um, one of the big banana boats. Oh, yeah. oh you, do, you got the whole banana yeah. boat, yeah. I know uh, Warren wanted a smaller, some kind of looks like some kind of sled thing. Yeah, yeah. You can get mm-hmm. these little yeah. kind of four footers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what we yeah. were looking at because then we could use it. In, it you can use it in the water as well. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, you use a banana boat as well. Mm-hmm. Banana boat's almost too big because I search and rescue is a banana boat. And it's they almost do. too yeah. big for a river. It like, is, it's like yeah. You put like, it in that's like across the river, yeah. which works out <laughs> well until a, something comes floating through and hits this banana boat. Yeah. <laughs> and then breaks it in half. <laughs> it's pretty neat. I've I've seen them uh, deploy it once or twice. Yeah. Once for sure with, with us here. Um, I mean, it's definitely got a home, but for... The times that I think that we would be looking to use it, yeah, um, yeah, going with something a little more compact, I think would be good. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, that's more or less winter. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, you can't really practice chimney fires. Well, you could, but do you need to? <laughs> yeah, like we yeah. have that prop that's halfway there for a chimney fire. I think in our new burn building, when yeah. we get that thing constructed we'll be able to have an actual chimney prop which then we can do some legitimate roof ops work uh, which i think would be really really good Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like the dream um i don't know when that'll come to reality um sea cans are at a premium right right crazy i've seen some popping up on facebook and i'm like man i remember when they were 2500 bucks and now they're like seven grand yeah. So it's going to take a lot more. This comes back to our last, oh, yeah, go buy a sea can. They're cheap. Uh, well, they're not quite as cheap as they used to be, but, I mean, it's still go buy a sea you can. You only need one. They're yeah. not, that, mm-hmm. not going to break the bank, but we need yeah. We're looking, we're looking to, at four to yeah, six. Yeah, mm-hmm. four minimum to start the build, um, which is going to be epic. But, uh, yeah, that's a little bit further down the road unless we fall into a ton of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But I think like when you start when we start talking about kind of our our uh, training new New Year's training resolutions, if you will, mm-hmm. like you know to make training obviously you know as as realistic and as high value as you can, you know I think like for the departments that don't have one, going back to our our other episode, work really hard this year to try and get one. Start with one, yeah. like we mm-hmm. talked about. Like yeah. I think for for me. Obviously, don't not hundred percent sure what the Chiefs have planned for for mm-hmm. training, but uh, I really want to see our guys. Um, we've had we've had a huge turnover, so we have half our guys with fair amount of experience, and they're half brand new. Right. But now they're starting to they're really starting to get it. They're really starting to go through the process, and they've been around a little bit more and making more calls. Um, so their training is is getting a lot better. But now we need to push them even further. Now we need to get them into these burn buildings. Yeah. Start pounding all this stuff through all the knowledge they've learned and the skills. Now get them into more realistic scenarios. So that's mm-hmm. what I really want to see coming up in the spring, is to really pump in that in that uh, high risk, high value, high reward training. Like get into the burn buildings, do the VIS stuff. Like do the high the technical rescues and obviously still fill in with some basics, but um, work on on speed, egress, low manpower. Mm-hmm. You know where we're going to actually make a save, make, make that change. That's, that's my spring goal, I think. Nice. I know one, one thing that we've chatted about in the past and like one of the things that I'd really like, like to see is some more mutual training. Like we've, we've spoke where, you know, you know, having other, uh, departments come up and use our facilities. That's great. But we're, all we're doing is just kind of teching it. I mean, we, we instruct some, uh, we tech some, but actually some mutual training and what that in my brain looks like is more of a um like mutual scenario based training mm-hmm. uh getting because we're doing more and more mutual aid calls together so having some side like side by side training getting the crews together and i know it's a challenge to get everybody but maybe you do a couple weeks in a row um <clears throat> one of our challenges are practices on two different nights yeah. for sure <laughs> we're the odd man out usually because everybody else is on wednesdays around here yeah and we're not mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like for but, the most part if it was open up to the guys yeah, I, think I, I think a lot of people would probably sign up to come out and train oh, with for you sure. guys and <clears throat> friends to the that actually might work better though because it frees you up because yeah not everybody like if we say to our our deputy chiefs who are in charge of training say hey this practice night we want to you know, do this mutual training. Well, we can't take everybody out of the town to mm-hmm. do something. So we have to split the crews anyways. That's right. So yeah. if we can do it on like old, opposite old nights. Thursday, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Might be something to look at. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that in the past too, about this, uh, about RIT stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we when we respond to um, these events and we have a low turnout, yeah. you know, we need to be calling that mutual aid. And we've been calling mutual aid more. Um you know, and we then we have the discussions after the fact as man, you know, like if this was just something a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, that mutual aid, we may know, we may be calling for more than just, you know, an engine and crew. We mm-hmm. may be calling, hey, we need an engine crew for like RIT or whatever. Right. And when what we know with RIT is if it's actually activated, heaven forbid, mm-hmm. it's going to take like 14 guys mm-hmm. to do Absolutely. the job. Yeah. And you're still possibly dealing with the fire yeah. and everything mm-hmm. else on the fire ground. So that's where we need to be all on the same page mm-hmm. and just get really dialed. For sure. Which comes back to you again. I think we've, we've had a couple chats about it. I know chief Bob was chatting the other day about it. Um, having a, a little tabletop with, uh, some of the local, um, like some of our, our, um, you know, local mutual aid, uh, leadership group, Mm-hmm. getting some of us together um just to iron out some of that like what what would that look like like yeah. how how can we start that right so having a little sit down and trying to put some of those pieces of the puzzle together and then maybe work towards some training you know some yeah. some of that uh, mutual training would go a long long way and I, I think it's really good for morale too you know you, you start getting some different guys like even when we had the department to the north here um the guys that we had here i mean we all you know loved it those guys loved it because yeah. there's something different for them so any, anytime that you can introduce something new even if it's just new people it kind of mm-hmm. injects a, a little kick in in into people so yeah. um kind of kind of working on that i think would be i think that's the 
yeah, that's definitely the best starting point. I think is mm-hmm. if uh, you know at the chief level they they have that discussion, and then the officer level, like we we kind of start. Okay, what's this going to look like tabletop wise? Yeah, and then break it down into something mm-hmm. because we do we need we need to make sure everybody's on the same ground for uh, language and and terms and stuff. Every time I think of tabletop, I always think of like the little, uh, some little uh... tiny town. Well, I always think of, no, I know it's a tiny town, but I also think of like a like some. Map in Germany with like, like oh, big push sticks. Big yeah. push sticks little I'm flags. gonna move my tank <laughs> over here. It's <laughs> like a flag moving around. Yeah. My battleship's over there. <laughs> ESM man, ESM's like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's yeah. so fun. It's the best core. I mentioned this yeah. off yeah, yeah, radio yeah. a while ago. Like it's, it's so fun. You get the yeah. tabletops and you bring in your little fire truck. Oh, here's this engine. Here's this crew, and you put it on the board and you have your tasks. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they build it based on your town when you do that, or do you just? No, you can build your own. Yeah, uh, you whatever. Build your own to, like, um, like, yeah. Uh, our deputy chief, Ryan McCaskill, he's making one right now for us. Uh, we've got a board and we've got a bunch of trucks and stuff, and, and basically just use colored string for your hose lines. Yeah, yeah. To mimic that, and um, yeah. But is he making one based on the town? No, just different structures. Oh, right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can do your typical house, and then you know into a different whatever. And I mean, realistically, on the ESM model and how we respond, you could build that to whatever scenario you want for a table sure. realistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It'd be, it'd be a good starting point. I think even just at the uh, officer level, like say, so we sit down and we have a few couple of us together and we run a tabletop. Okay. This is the scenario. You know, everyone's in the room. Okay. Now your uh, mutual aid department arrives check in with command, like we get all the terms, the passports and the tasks, so just all the terminologies on the same page mm-hmm. and then bring that back down to the guys and get the boots on the ground and actually do it. Right. Because we talked, remember a long time ago, we talked about uh, Willow Beach. So it's just on the edge of our uh, district, right, yeah. just outside of your district. And there's a lot of abandoned structures there. And we talked about doing right. some scenarios this is like a number of years ago we talked about. Oh, there's a bad structure still there? <clears throat> yep. Still a lot of people. Still, there's still people who reside there. I don't know what the ownership of the area is anymore. Hmm. But it's going to be caught somebody we can get in touch with. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, that'd, be, that'd be fun. I don't know yeah. if they'd actually let us light something up. No, but, if, but again. If it's just sit, like, if one of those like double water, wide trailers is sitting yeah. there yeah. ready to be torn down, like, yeah. you could do whatever. Get the air again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, on the um, one other thing I want to do this year, uh, <laughs> I know Bob isn't a fan. Um, I want to look at more of that um, MCI mask house. Yeah, more. I, I, you know, I want to look at the school. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know it doesn't happen very often, but I would hate hate to be flat footed. Oh yeah, and it happens, and then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, we had a we had a school shooting, and we were not prepared at all. Yeah, um, we are somewhat prepared, but we're not. Really, like we don't really have like I in my head I know what we could do and I know where mm. what we could do uh, or where we could you know have but it's not full and, circle like all the agencies aren't aware no like you problem. know I'm thinking you know I, I was thinking the other day okay casual collection point here at the auditorium mm-hmm. okay what if the shooter's on, on this side okay at the gym where would the ambulance go where would all the staging points happen mm-hmm. but it's fine in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not Good when no one else knows a plan, but that's another thing, and that definitely, yeah. you know, could we do that in a big scenario? Yeah, or that's probably more of a tabletop thing mm-hmm. with all the agencies. Yeah, that one's hard because all the agencies. I mean, the school districts, as we know, mm-hmm. they um, plan a lot differently. Yeah, um, and then our resources, you know. But then we've talked about with the stop the bleed stuff and what we can do in my job to try and. Right. introduce things as well um but then again like everybody thinks that all this help is arriving but it's not like it's we're right. in these small communities that it's, it's going to be delayed fire department everybody's going to be called but guess mm-hmm. what nobody's going in until the police go in so yeah. we need to make sure all the communication is there and they can tell us and realize about okay this is where your staging area is this is where a casual collection point is you know and then maybe hopefully one day we'll get to that rescue task force team mm-hmm. um and then have guys mobilized that can go in. Because yeah. I think we have to think, like, what stage are we prepared to enter? Are we prepared to enter when it's totally clean? Mm-hmm. Or when they have the guy contained? 
or when they think they have the guy contained, or yeah, there's I mean there's stages of it, mm-hmm. you know, like there's the yeah we did a complete sweep, we waited for the bomb squad to come, we've checked for everything, now you guys can go in, but that's gonna be like hours. That's or like Sandy Hook, everybody's dead. Yeah, you know, or do we oh, yeah. go more along the lines of yeah, uh, the police went through, they think because most shooters are alone, like mm-hmm. most of them, you know, like. I think it's like 95% of shooters are lone shooters. Yeah. So, yeah, we got the one guy, and we have him contained, or we've or eliminated him. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we're still, technically, it's a, it's a warm zone, because we haven't totally cleared it, but would we be prepared to go in for that? I would be prepared to go in for that. Yeah. I think most of the most of the fire department would be prepared to go in for that. I don't think the paramedics should go in for that. No. And I, I don't think they would. No, they But don't. also they shouldn't because then no. that's getting tied into that scene. No, Whereas exactly. We should they, be bringing them out. They need to be staying <clears throat> outside to uh, the casualty collection points. Yeah. Um, so those teams, that task force is bringing them out to that so they can properly triage and treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, do we need armor? And, I don't know. <laughs> well, again, it depends on what level and if you yeah. can get everybody on board. But it's so hard because we have this, you know, national police force. Yeah. That trying to get anything changed is extremely difficult yeah. in our communities, whereas other districts have municipal police. A lot easier to make some proactive movements, right? right? Yeah. I mean, part of it, too, because of the small community, I think the RCMP would be fine with us going in with them, but they'd also be like, oh, it's up to you guys. <laughs> they're not going to be oh, like, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to give you gear, we're going to give you training. No, they're going to be like, yeah, if you guys think you can come in with us, come in with us. Like, they're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a smaller town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas in some of the bigger cities, I think they'd be like, no, no, we got this. Well, I mean, technically, there is a lot of guidelines out there, right, for this. Uh, we have a couple of agencies now in our province that are doing it. Yep. yep. Um, and there's no reason why we couldn't at our levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to get the backing of our, of our town and CEO for it with a bit of the budget. Um, and then there, mm-hmm. there is, even, I know, you're, I know this is a curse word to you, but NFPA, there is actually an NFPA... Clause in here for rescue task force. Yes, right. So that's already in the process. So we can yeah. sell that to the town. Mm-hmm. Where, where you go, right? Yeah. And and even if it's you're still working on MCI, so it's not yeah. it doesn't have to be the shooting thing, but it could be a bus accident. It could be mm-hmm. you know um, massive wildfire. It could be you know anytime there's massive casualty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that a lot of that stuff transfers over. Um, ammonia leak chlorine yeah. leak yeah right like there's yeah. so many things mm-hmm. yeah in yeah. fact the i must say the school shooter is probably the easiest of them all all of them because it's really it's one threat yeah and once it's eliminated it's actually pretty easy yeah. it's mm-hmm. basically it's not and we're gonna, not the people doing yeah. the eliminating so once yeah. that's resolved yeah it's probably the easiest of all mcis because mm-hmm. there's no not gonna mm-hmm. do auto x you're not gonna you're basically stop the bleed is gonna be the primary thing yeah yeah I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of other injuries. No. It's going to be stop the bleed, get them out, hand them off to the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably the easiest one out of all of them because yeah. there's yeah, no structural yeah. collapse, no fires to fight, mm-hmm. um, no accidents. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say the biggest problem is is the mindset and the stigma of people who don't know a lot about it. It's the violence. Who are <laughs> in the upper yeah. management positions that hear this, like for the towns and stuff, and everybody, whoa, sh- shooting, what? It's mm-hmm. scary. No, it's never in our town. You <laughs> know, think about that. You don't want to admit yeah. that's a possibility. But when you just play the MCI card, 100%, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, one thing on my list right now, actually, with uh, my job for spring, and uh, I've talked to the town. Um, I want to do an MCI scenario as well. So we're going to do, just like we did back in the old days here, we want to get um, uh, the school involved. We're going to do a couple, two, two different ones. One, I want to get um, like a, a bus, a couple of vehicles, or a bus into a, a tanker truck or whatever it may be, have multiple patients. So that's including SAR for walking wounded. Um, so we had the hospitals on board. Mm-hmm. They brought in um, some nurses and some docs and did a, a hospital in one of the, I think it was the Elks, right. actually. So we actually responded, code three from our stations, to the scenario zone transported routine through town up to the Elks Hall as, as our hospital uh, with the paramedics. Um, so everybody had a role. So police had their roles, fire had their roles, ambulance had their role, SAR had a role. You know, everybody everybody did it. And we included the hospitals in Interior Health and it worked out That's really well. That's that, uh, that place you're just talking about, Willow Beach. There. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Do that there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually talked to uh, our deputy chief uh, about it and it's on our list to discuss as we approach spring as well. Nice. I want to get the school and board. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, I think you just mentioned Ammonia League, which comes back to our local skating arena. Mm -hmm. That's a practice night that I would like to see us get done, uh, obviously, while there's still ice and it's still seasonable. Um, every year we go down and we do a um, sort of orientation, uh, just so all of the members understand what the Ammonia Room looks like, uh, what, what, what everything kind of... <sighs> crash course if you will on um the go and don't don't go scenarios we we kind of know um like when you would enter when you wouldn't enter why 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 the the whys um but then also there's a lot of people like when you grow up here you know what the arena looks like you know mm -hmm. the storage rooms you know the change rooms you know um you know all all the little nooks and crannies of the building we got a lot of people here now that didn't grow up here and maybe they weren't you know they don't have kids yet or mm. they don't care about hockey <laughs> i understand that's weird here but there's people that aren't familiar with it so getting down there and just getting inside the building is super super key yep. um and speaking with uh carol she's like i want to do a scenario like when there's public on the ice, yeah, and not tell them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't want that. Yeah. Anytime that you involve the public and then, yeah. like oh, yeah. it's now going Mass live hysteria. I'm like I don't know about that. But you, if you it know what was... would be almost be better is to give a free like public skate to the fire families, and they Absolutely. can be skating on the ice, yeah. and then yeah, oh then the page comes in, mm -hmm. and they know that they're gonna get evacuated eventually, so they're not like yeah. oh my god, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> Expression of interest on in the yeah. paper say, "Hey, this night we're looking for a number of uh, volunteers to participate in a uh, fire department training night. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for, at the uh, rink. Right. right, come on down yeah, for come a on down free. and where you go. And then, uh, yeah, I think another thing I'd like to do is uh, as spring starts hitting, mm -hmm. is is doing some um, auto work stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have the what are those guys called? Provincial Safety, I think they're called. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. um, Really good guys. We had them last year. Last year. Yeah. Um, or was it a year and a half ago? Whatever it was. <laughs> so, no, I think it was last oh, spring. Oh, yeah, it was last spring. Because we wanted to have them this fall. Right. But and then, then our schedule work. went to yeah. shit. COVID went to shit. One and and wildlife fires and all the fires. Obviously, we were super, super busy. Yeah. yeah. So um, want to have them probably once or twice next year mm -hmm. to run us all through the same course. And, you know, there's all these fancy, like, oh, you can do heavy rescue and you can do flying buses and <laughs> just yeah. train derailments and aircraft mm -hmm. extrication. It's like, or we could just do <laughs> the basics well, yeah, which sure. is what these guys teach. Let's the basics kill well. the bread and butter, right? Yeah. And that's really, you know, I remember there was a, we, when we used to put on AutoX down here a lot uh, from another company, um, one of the departments from even farther up north than we usually train with um they their bread and butter is is auto wax and i remember their chief he's like well can we like we want to we have a semi-truck and a and a bus and a this and like well no these guys are teaching like like basic like dash roll and yeah door, taking, taking a door, door off and, yeah yeah he's like yeah so then they came down and like their guys weren't the best at it right <laughs> Like, they, you know, everybody needs that, just that basic. Like their basics, how to, absolutely. You know, how to triage a scene and take a car apart. Mm -hmm. And that's what these guys teach, and they teach it really well. So I think it's what I want to do. And, you know, some of the guys are talking, some of our guys are like, oh, we should do the heavy rescue. I'm like, yeah. Mm. You, know, you got to master the basic first, though. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of that heavy rescue stuff, it's this, again, skills transfer over. If you know the, the regular rescue, you can probably pull stuff off, um, you know, yeah. where the tricks are tricks and things things like that you can probably pull it off but even even the heavy like heavy rescue i mean the basics that we learn are going to get you into a lot of it yeah. other than when you start talking into the heavy lifting or the heavy stabilization yeah. mm -hmm. but we don't have that equipment no we don't need no. that so then it's buy more equipment all the stuff that we don't really need or mm -hmm. yeah i mean like you get like what we had in the summer when we had a tractor yep like i'm sure there's a tractor stabilization course we could take or we could just take the basic skills we have mm -hmm. and apply them to the scene and be like okay we figured it out yeah yeah and lucky us we have a tractor we have a tractor down at the training grounds mm -hmm. and after that call um like like within a month af after we rolled 
our tractor over on a bank and we didn't go through everything because we had multiple things to do that night uh it was actually on the stabilization uh but it was on automobile stabilization but we still rolled it and then walked over and said hey we have this while we're in the mindset of doing this let's also keep this fresh in our mind we've had accidents um basically the tabletop yeah with a big prop with a big <laughs> visual mm. prop and then you, you talk about hey like where is some points that you would want to make sure that you have cribbing and you have struts and you have this and that and you know spent 10 minutes just walking around it looking touching feeling um and then went went back to the task at hand but yeah. um i mean like you say i'm sure there's a course out there somewhere but get in front of it look at it touch it try to figure something out yeah and you know, like most of these guys that teach courses, the only reason I'm teaching courses is because they're good at that one thing. Like you don't need, mm -hmm. the, like you don't need the special certificate to do it. You just yeah. need time to do it. <laughs> you need a training ground and time to do it. So yeah, like a lot of the guys that teach are just they're just regular firefighters who yeah. <clears throat> just have a lot of time in on this one particular. Yeah, because those uh, guys master this one trait. Deal with like, yeah, they're they're the, the main rescue highway. <laughs> yeah, they're the main rescue guys. So yeah, so like they the, are very good at that one mm -hmm. that one craft. I don't know yeah. how good they are at firefighting. I've never seen them <laughs> do it. Right, I'm sure they're great at it. Quite but, efficient, but <laughs> but their craft is this is AutoX. So yeah. that's what we bring them in. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't have to bring in all these people. No, you could figure it out. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've said too. And like, like we always chat, like it's really tough to do auto X on a Thursday night practice. Yeah. So you get your hour and a half, two hours, but like, like say that we're going to take two hours from our members in those two hours, you got 15 minutes of bullshit in the room. It's, it's not bullshit. I shouldn't say that. We always do our safety stuff and we do, um, just bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean though, right? Like it's, it's not active training. Yeah. Like we're, we're sitting in a room. There's and a lot of chin wagging in the beginning. The yeah. <laughs> absolutely it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's a necessity, but, um, so you've already lost out 15 minutes after the practice. Like once you're done, regardless of what it is, you probably have another 25 where you have to wrap shit up. Yep. So you have under an hour and a half to go out there and train. Mm -hmm. And we like to do either two or three, like three different sessions. So you're going to have half or a third of the department. So even if you have 10 people, what are you going to do for an hour and a half with 10 people where everybody's going to get hands-on tools? It's impossible. So even at our level, unless you're like, a big scenario, unless you're yeah. a massive scenario, but that's not a teachable. I mean, yeah. every big scenario should have all, that's all, not all a, these teachable. That's not a, a training. No, a training. Yeah, there's there's right? training, and then there's the drill. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for auto X, especially like all of these specialty things, like auto X here, um, like swift water rescue, yeah. um, ice water. Like when we go and do our flat ice rescue. Not everybody's going to be doing everything. A lot of guys are man, sure are freezing it, their butt off. It's just going to be standing yeah. there freezing. Like I'm thinking we should almost have a fire down there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Bring our burn pan down. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are the ones where you take those extra days. And even if it's just a bonus day, that like we go down there as a group. Uh, we take some of like our rookies that have never mm -hmm. had hands-on whatsoever. I there's, there's people that are... Oh, there's no way we ask so much of our members they're not going to want to do extra training and like a lot of these like younger rookies are so thirsty for training if you say hey are you free on a saturday yep i'm gonna cut a car apart okay. yeah yeah you yeah. want to go get some hand, hands-on tools like one of our newer guys like ah oh, like i was struggling with the grinder and yeah. like i think both of us are like so go grind shit <laughs> well how do i do that take the grinder go down and grind shit <laughs> like <laughs> you we, want ground like we've got start grinding random shit <laughs> yeah like, we've got busted up cars like ones that we've already kind of cut through pried on opened up yeah. blah 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 well there's still tons of metal like a disc is worth a buck yeah so go get proficient with just cutting things apart um it's not going to damage anything further than what it's already like it's going for scrap it's done um oh yeah right i i can do that absolutely like it's your training ground it's all of ours so yeah. then like maybe let somebody know like you work for me during your regular job just give me a heads up and i'll be like hey guys this is happening perfect and all it's going to cost the department is a couple of discs and yeah. that person and i'm sure he would grab a few more will be more comfortable using the tools yeah. um so like he's thirsty for it there's other people that are thirsty for it if we can get down there and do some of these little bonus days where you spend four hours 
on a Saturday morning, go and blow a car apart, go work on stabilization, like just pop, pop a couple doors. Mm-hmm. Everybody can get hands on and you're not rushing through it. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes with my pet peeve is that, um, when you get guys that say, well, I know I've, I've done that, so I don't need to do it. Right. No, it's always good to get hands on. It's always good to keep that practice up. On the flip side of that too, is know where everything is inside and out on the trucks, Mm -hmm. right? Because you always get that same guy that says, oh yeah, they've done it all and they've done this. Then you ask them to go grab something. Oh, I don't know where it is. So I can't Mm -hmm. find it. Mm -hmm. And then an officer goes over or somebody else that knows and goes and grabs it for the first shot. Well, you guys moved it on me again. Yeah. Guys always move stuff. I'm like, yeah. I haven't Take moved anything in like three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This thing has been here for five years. Mm-hmm. You moved it on so, me. Master, <laughs> master the basics. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Auto X, uh, yeah, moving into the spring, the next on my list is definitely um, keep hammering the basic skills um, and then do some more scenario-based stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one big thing I want to see more is more scenario-based training for us, for my department. Yeah, scenarios really pull things everything together. Yeah, it ties it together nice. Mm-hmm. It, it builds that together. stress inoculation too, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. And then... And it gets um, the officers doing like their officer thing. Yeah, yeah. like having to yeah. use your brain, right? <clears throat> like teaching is really good. Like when we got down there, I noticed when I got on the training department here, that was... Like, it really flipped my brain around. And then once you become an officer, you got to start thinking dif- differently again. Uh, and then when you can take a step back and you're not involved in setting up the scenario and you actually come on scene and like our scenarios are generally dog shit, like in a good way, like they're, they're, they're so over the top, Like, when are you ever going to see this? Like, it's crazy, but it makes real life stuff. Like you come on an actual scene and like the realism makes it hard where you're like, ah, oh, we got three cars. All right. Do this, 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 and this. Boom. Where's Todd with his pistol? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, why, yeah, why is he swearing at us with a fucking firearm? And... <laughs> where's that going to come in? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody with a long sword before. up there. There's been a couple guys that came at us before. Not with pistols, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So our scenarios are so over the top, like they're realistic, but they're, we make them very challenging. It gets from the top to the bottom, from the rookie, uh, that's coming in there and like is seeing something full, full scale, probably for the first time to the command team. That's, you know, having to think a bit more advanced than probably what we're going to get in real life. It's really, really good. So, um, what we try to do is like, we'll build our training and we'll, you know, stack that from, basic basic skills to we'll broaden it a little bit more two three practices in a row and then we'll throw a scenario at the end uh and it really brings the entire crew together and the fact that you're getting a mixed bag on whatever truck that you get on that night um you never really know what your team is going to be and what your task is going to be so it's really good yeah absolutely um yeah then i guess so switching out of kind of spring into summer Mm -hmm. I think uh, this year, one of the things is uh, every year when we have new people, we I go over because uh, it's it's we have to mm-hmm. we have to go over the wildland um, yep. certification course with them. Mm-hmm. But this year, I'm going to put everybody through the wildland certification course again because it's been a few years and it's, been a it's while. like you know the the guys that took it you know, six years ago. Um, every year we do a refresher on practical side, but we we haven't done the um, PowerPoint and kind of discussion phase, which takes two days to do this whole massive PowerPoint thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's important, especially with a lot of the changes um, yeah. and the new curriculum they have is a lot on um, deployments, um, paperwork for that, because uh, we are hopefully going to go on a couple of deployments next year again. Mm-hmm. So um, how that looks, um, mm-hmm. there's a new course called the Engine Boss course yeah. in uh, BC right now, which is which seems pretty good. Um it's not mandatory yet, but we don't want to wait till it's mandatory. We want to get some guys through it. For sure. Um, and also, you know, because they were almost like asking you guys about that this this year. Or... Yeah, it's almost like they were asking us just to gauge who's taking it. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. looking at the crews, it was like I think it was like a third, maybe maybe, nah, right. maybe a quarter of the people out of all the people have taken it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not rocket science. It's just, you know, what paperwork to fill out, who to talk to on these big scenes, mm-hmm. um, where to go, you know, it's kind of that stuff. But also, I mean, with the wildland stuff, it's, it really gets, um, like this course, 
you know, it talks about different ranks and, um, mm -hmm. you know, videos of different fires and um, just gets people thinking again because every year, like I said, we do a practical phase where we start the pumps, we do some, we do fire guard, we talk a little bit about wildland, but this will get us in the classroom discussing some stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we're going to do this year. And then we'll probably do a big, rather than just starting up some pumps and stuff, we'll probably do a big scenario, which I Similar think... Similar to what we kind of did last year? What did we do last year? The scenario? <laughs> yeah, but I think this one will involve actually going into town, talking to several different houses, homeowners, people homeowners, yeah. and saying, hey, um, can we come into your backyard, mm -hmm. throw some wood blocks down, and treat it like a fire? Yeah. We, we're going to triage your house. We're going to... You know, probably put probably stack your yard furniture, your furniture, maybe some jerry cans in the middle of your yard. <laughs> like we're gonna basically you know, do the fire, fire, smart, smart, fire smart, super quick yeah. fire smart. Like mm -hmm. we're not gonna fire smart their house pre pre fire. We're gonna it's mm -hmm. gonna be like as though we just showed up. Yeah, we fire smart the house. We might even throw a ladder, put a put a sprinkler on your roof, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Just mm -hmm. need some permission. I mean, there's a few places I have in mind to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll, and, and obviously I want to do it somewhat realistic. I don't want to be like, oh, we'll do it over here where there's no wild land. No man face, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do it where there will be some, mm -hmm. uh, where there's potential of of interface for sure. So that's one thing I want to do. Um, yeah, that's like a big scenario I want to do. Yeah, and allow the guys to do some bump and run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and set up water supply and, you know, some places might have a hydrant, so maybe there's some places they won't have a hydrant, so, yeah. Get the tenders working, shuttle and water. Yeah. I think it'd be really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about, which we're super hopeful that we can do at <coughs> training, is obviously our spring seminar. Mm. So, I'm sure you've heard us chat about that in the past. Um we do a spring training seminar every second year, which is now every fourth year because of COVID. Um, but uh, what do we have? 20, how many sessions? Oh, usually 24, 24, 25, 25 sessions. Um, basically zero classroom. Um, it's all hands-on. Uh, we have... Even the stuff that used to be uh, classroom, we turned hands-on. Yeah. yeah, like even the... Or at least visual the, demo. Yeah, like even the environment ministry of environment comes now and they used to be classroom mm -hmm. they used to have like powerpoint of you know this is a creek and this is this and now it's like we're like well we have a creek outside let's just go use it <laughs> and they're yeah. like oh like can we just use that and they're like we pretend there's a spill in there they're like yep so they come now and they mm -hmm. actually do like a hands-on thing you know yeah. so it's they try to make it as exciting as you can with the environmental with environmental yeah. oil spill mm -hmm. um and people like it and, absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we go on. We've got. I mean, that's almost like one full po podcast is going through all all of the stations. But yeah, well, yeah. may have done before. <laughs> yeah, we've got um, multiple live fire. Uh, we do have uh, Auto X. We've got um, the. I don't want to get sued. Fire. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It's it's basically like fire pit. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fire challenge. It's okay. an obstacle course where people run and work out and yeah. feel sick at the end. <laughs> exactly. So some, yeah. some form of a timed event. Uh, so we have that. Um, we've had Fortis um, Electric and Gas on here in the past. Uh, and they come down and put on uh, some live some live demos, which is really cool. Yeah, they're and, a huge supporter of it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very, very big, and we really appreciate uh, everything that they've brought to the table over the years. Um, and then again, we have our big... Uh, Sort of after party, um, which isn't really after. It's after the first night. In the middle. <laughs> yeah, kind of right in the middle, and then you have to go back in and get yeah. after it the next day. It's the after party after the banquet is why it's called yeah. the after party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Friday night, show up, get signed signed in, have a little meet and greet, if you will. Saturday, all day train. We have a banquet. Um, we give out some awards from the day. Uh, generally something to do with that time to relay race and some other events yeah. um and then uh yeah we have uh drinks and live music which yeah. we keep yeah. mentioning tanner so yeah. hopefully that's the thing well, we thank god got rid of a lot of the speeches yeah because i remember when i started yeah. it was like really speech heavy like well, we'd two have, hours you'd of have speeches the, um, and... 
a representation or rep, representative from the uh, there's a town, there's town, a fire protection district, there's fire protection, the uh, commissioner, there's this guy, there's that guy. It's uh, like the, the volunteer firefighters association yeah, is there. They'd have a general meeting. You know, it's great having a lot of things. But I hate speeches. Yeah, and like half the crew, half the people aren't listening. <laughs> like, just. Put in a memo we'll read later. <laughs> the biggest thing, everybody's waiting to see who wins the uh, the challenge. Yeah, what right. are we the calling it? <laughs> the yeah. fitness well, we challenge. Yeah, the fit challenge or, the, or, or we also have the rich challenge. We have, yeah. yeah, the rich. Yeah, that yeah. one's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that. And then, but people just want to, like, party. <laughs> Socialize yeah. and party. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that's what we, we give them. We give them the party. Yeah. And I think, like, our venue is next level. Um I think other locations have a really tough time matching mm-hmm. the venue that we provide here. Everything's right on site down at the community center. The community center is super gracious. Um, they they allow us to semi destroy the ball ball diamonds and, <laughs> yeah. and and such. We lose our damage deposit every grass. year, but yeah, yeah, they keep letting us come come back. So we're we're very very thankful for that. Um, we've got the um, indoor. Uh, banquet area right on site and then an awesome outdoor venue for live live music like mm-hmm. i don't know where else you can get that i know yeah. people have gone to other locations and generally it's all right this class is here this this session's over here you're moving people around there's none of that you and now you have a hotel morning. right across the road absolutely yeah so now <laughs> they got places to stay they can almost yeah. walk there well they, they can walk there yeah. a lot of departments try to use their training ground mm-hmm. but yeah. most people's training grounds aren't big enough to accommodate all the training much, yeah. so what they do is they have some people like, they have the training ground and they have like oh then we'll bust you over here for the classroom sessions mm-hmm. and then oh it might be able to bring you over here for another so we've always said that's that doesn't work because it just mm-hmm. it splits the crews up too much yeah. and it's then, killing so much time yeah then you, then you get like 200 people go over your training ground because they all want to go to the live fire and then and then their classrooms are all dead so here it's like we have it all in one area mm-hmm. it takes it's a lot more work on us because now we have to lug yeah, burn buildings down. Mobile, yeah. like we, all of our stuff yeah, down. We mobilize over that, and that's mm-hmm. mainly. But mm-hmm. I would love to have it at the training ground one day, but uh, we need more infrastructure over there. Yeah, we have a we have a couple plans for doing yeah. just that. But um, but down there is so great because there's also a river, so we can yes. get swift water. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a mountain, so you can do an embankment. Yeah, there's a lot more features to down there that mm-hmm. we can do mm-hmm. things for sure. <clears throat> and a lot of other um, communities that have held them in the past. Um, nobody likes shuttling to venues. No. no. And that's all... Everybody always tries case. to do it. It yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it works, but it doesn't... Like, no one's ever said, I really enjoyed that shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> right. I really like the shuttle. Yeah, you guys killed yeah. it on the... On your yeah. uh, shuttle plan there. Yeah. Oh, we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of spring. Um, it's going to be a busy spring. If it happens, which we're super hopeful for. Um... Yeah, spring's going to be really, really busy. Uh, summertime, once once we get into summer, it gets so damn hot, and then it's forest fire season. So yeah. um, we definitely don't stop training, but we're, uh, we definitely sh- shift some some uh, gears. Um, we've, we've quickly chatted about the forest fire and wildland training. We do that before summer hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get that out of the way. The spring, yeah. like, like latter spring. Do we have any like real notable? I mean, even the swift water, we're we're gonna do. We have to do that in spring. Yeah, the river gets majority. Too spring's yeah. always the busiest time mm-hmm. because, yeah, you're you're prepping into the uh, the autoax, the over embankment stuff again because the weather's better. Um, you know, then you're doing you're still doing some burning. Yeah, uh, live. Yeah, training stuff. actually slows down a lot in summer because of the because yeah. we're working. Yeah, part. yeah. And then uh, we we can't really do black fire in the middle of summer. Yeah. yeah. We then could. fall. We fall could, but we get again. in trouble. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's frowned upon. We're allowed, but uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's pretty damn hot. Who was who are we talking? Was a book or a post or a guest about training? Like, hey, it's hot out. We're not going to train. No, go train. Hey, it's cold out. Go train. That was um, uh, behind the shield. Gearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The union guys were complaining because they didn't want to train the heat it's or the cold. Too damn hot. Or <laughs> it's too damn cold. Yeah, because yeah. accidents never happen. When, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there is value to train in shoulder season, but when it's a 
fire risk. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> That's when we shut it down. Like yeah, we yeah. burned with the department to the north of us it here. Was friggin hot. It was ridiculous. Like that was probably the hottest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> it was mm. hot, but it wasn't dangerously hot. Where we were starting fires. The embers. We were gonna burn the field and then the town. <laughs> the humidity was still hot in the air. It was yeah, still high it was enough. Still in the air. high. Yeah. But the humidity was also so high in the air that it was, like, sweltering. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think bottom line is, you know, like, if you're going to break it down to, you know, what what training resolutions you want for the year, um, it's just fine-tune it a bit, I guess. Mm. Right? Just uh, keep it high fidelity. You know, if you don't have... Um, a good training grounds work on those training grounds because like we've yeah. talked in the past is that's where you get <coughs> your most bang for your buck get that high training. fidelity training and and think outside the box you don't, you don't you think don't get fancy I think that's what no. people do they try to make these fancy things and they never come to the way they want them no like literally we started with a dumpster in the middle of the field yeah mm-hmm. and I think a 40 by 40 slab of concrete yeah and then we just on. start throwing stuff down later and oh let's build this problem let's build that like it just builds like mm. just get some land once you have the facility or the uh, the land, yeah. your infrastructure comes pretty quick. You just need somewhere to yeah. put it. So iron that out first. Work on that. Everything else will come. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, like before we know it, it's going to be it's going to be spring on us here. So start start planning, <clears throat> and get that training um, discussions out of the way, and start prepping for the for the year. Yep. Yeah. Beauty. Well, fellas, I think that'll pretty much wrap up that topic. We, we could go on for hours about training. It's uh, you know, something we're all pretty passionate about. And, um, we were going over before uh, we hit uh, record here, looking at some of the, the stats of what <coughs> we'll say you all like. Uh, training is definitely always one that, that gets pretty good traction. So uh, we'll try to hit on a bit more of that this this year we chatted about the videos uh where we're where we have some things in mind and we're excited to get out in front of the video camera again and, and get some uh, training documented so that that'll be good as well mm-hmm. uh but for tonight we will roll into uh shout outs uh modus modus your uh snagger tool your hydrant wrench your mini spanners your wedges your heavy hitters uh your pocket organizers um some soft entry tools, some other uh, kits and uh, car kits. Um, yeah, lots of lots of great products there that we're, we're really behind. Uh, a lot of all of our members uh, have a lot of their products in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're extremely handy. They're lightweight. Uh, they're extremely firefighter friendly. Um, yeah, check them out if you haven't. Uh, DTFF5 will get you 5% off the order. And uh, stay tuned with more to come. Uh, we're having some discussions with them for some pretty exciting projects coming up. Yeah, it was nice to have that uh, uh, phone call with them the other yeah. day there. And uh, yeah, pretty excited about uh, uh, later on this early spring, potentially. Uh, some, yeah. some things coming down the pipe there. So Yeah, that's really exciting. That's yeah. going to be really good. Uh, Scott, stop the bleed. Yeah, stop the bleed. Three methods of bleeding control are direct pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making hands <laughs> Direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquets. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a tourniquet on my snowmobile today. Was it bleeding? Uh, no, like <laughs> so. Oh, oh, so like it was a, with me. I see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually put it in my pack, but my like my Abbey pack is such a pain in the ass to take off, yeah. which is the idea because if you're in an avalanche, you don't want to lose your pack. Yeah. So I actually put it second one right, uh, right close close by, so it's easier to grab if somebody needs it. Yeah, I saw somebody had a uh, one on their. Their carbine, the other like one of the law enforcement guys had it like strapped to his carbine. Wow, his uh, tourniquet. Yeah, there's like actually a holder now you can get for your carbine, so it has your tourniquet strapped right to it. Wow, it's weird. Nice. <laughs> Look kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't know if it would melt when the new barrel heats up because it was like right over the like right <laughs> on the like barrel area. I was like, like on the heat shroud. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Anyways, uh, get a good tourniquet, put it wherever you want, <laughs> easily accessible out of the package. Yes. Um, yeah, not going to say which ones, but yeah, make sure they, you know, you can look up on Stop the Bleed, they'll tell you good ones, uh, TCCC will tell you kind of, yep. not not certified ones, but they're the recommended ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't buy 
Don't get the bargain ones off like ten wish. ten for ten cents off wish. Yeah. <laughs> they may work, but they may not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so get the good ones. Absolutely. Um stop if you wanna become an instructor or find out classes in your area. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get some of the good ones where uh is there a place that we know that you might be able to get, get the those? essentials of rescue? The essentials of rescue. <laughs> rescue essentials. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, they got everything in there that you need. Um, packs, tourniquets, iFacts, um, training aids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they have? They don't have yoga blocks with holes cut them like we do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't think they could get a, a website that big. Rescue essentials, except for yoga blocks with holes cut in them, like we do. <laughs> Man, those yoga blocks—they're so good. <laughs> they do work fantastic. I was thinking about them for something else the other day too. What was it? We were talking about it. Something medical-wise. Yeah. What was it? I remember that. Man, it was oh. for something like. Oh, why don't we just use the overblock? <laughs> okay. That would work. I forget what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember the like having the chat it coming back back up again. It was like a hundred one uses for yoga blocks that have nothing to do with yoga. All, yeah. all, all about firefighters. It wasn't when, medical. It wasn't one backing. It was like, yeah. What the hell was it? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Headbit? <laughs> no, no, it was like it was like as a representative of a body part, of uh, something mm-hmm. to do with the body. Um, yeah, not for chest, maybe chest heels? No, not chest heels. I don't. That doesn't matter. <laughs> They're useful for many things. Uh, yeah, so we've already mentioned, but uh, uh, Tanner Olson, country music, West Coast Canada. Um, we were rocking out to some of his jams the other night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By rocking out, we were playing board games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> I don't know. I bobbed bob my head a little bit. <laughs> um, and then, lastly, you obviously have us. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, give us a follow um, on, on anything that you're not. Uh, give us a comment on our links. Give us a review and a... And a rating on anything that you can uh the better and the more reviews and comments and likes and all that stuff that we get uh it just puts us in front of more people uh kind of helps out with the old algorithms that uh, the facebooks and the youtubes run uh and the more people that we get in front of the better and the longer that we can keep on doing this for you guys and for us so keep on doing that we appreciate it we we uh see every comment and every post sometimes not as quick as we would like but we definitely see them uh and we appreciate the hell out of them so yeah any more for you boys nope nope have a good night <clears throat> thanks everybody happy new year yep happy new year thanks for tuning in for uh, our first of the year hopefully keep on rocking throughout the rest of the year oh yeah as always stay safe stay gtff <laughs> <laughs>